What's happening, everybody? I know you're seeing something uh, different in your feed right now, and uh, I'm about to uh, reboot this uh, this podcast that I started with my cousin before Dan Cable Presents podcast was a thing. We uh, we did a few episodes of this podcast called I Dig Records, and uh, it's basically just us both throwing a a record at each other and um and kind of diving into some of our favorite tracks on those records and sharing sharing thoughts on it so um we figured since we're under these quarantine circumstances it'd be a good time for us to uh be able to hopefully knock out a bunch of episodes and uh i'm going to be releasing it under the dan cable presents feed because it is uh you know it's music related and uh thought this would be a fun thing to drop maybe uh every other week or so maybe we're gonna shoot for for two episodes per month not sure exactly what day it's gonna fall on probably a tuesday or wednesday you know spaced out from the uh the regular friday release of the the dan cable presents and uh yeah, stoked to dig back into this thing, if you will, and uh, just stoked to be catching up with uh, my cousin on a regular basis. He is uh, one of my favorite dudes in the world, and uh, we just always get into a really deep chats, whether about music or um, any anything we're getting into, so... Uh, yeah, he's also just one of the most incredible musicians that I know. And uh, he plays in this really great band called High Pulp. And uh, the Sun Kinks experiments as well. And I'll put, uh, I'll put links for both of those in the uh, episode notes along with uh, Rob's Instagram. The at Bobby Grooves and... Uh, if you want to hear any more ridiculousness from me, you can also check out the Bible Buds podcast that I do with Andrew Harrison, where we uh, where we get super ripped, super baked, and uh, talk about the Bible or uh, discuss people's religious experiences with them. Uh, Rob is actually the the most recent guest on the podcast. I mean, depending upon when this actually drops, but he is uh, on episode nine of Bible Buds, and we did a really deep chat as he was, uh, talked about him going to Catholic school and, and kind of his, uh, his spiritual path and whatnot and his, uh, divergence from, uh, Christianity or Catholicism and, and kind of finding his own, his, his own things that make him tick and whatnot outside of, uh, religion, so that was super fun as well, so I'll put the Bible Buds Instagram handle there as well if you want to follow that up, um, hit the, uh, Dan Cable Percents feed with a, uh, a subscribe if you dig what you're hearing, and, uh, you can hit me with an email, dancablepresents at gmail.com if you want to, uh, send in record suggestions, 
for this particular podcast, the I Dig Records experience that we're uh, we're getting into here, and um, we are kicking it off with uh, Cockatoo Twins, Heaven or Las Vegas, and uh, that's a, a release from 1990, and we're gonna get into a record from a band called Young Jesus. It is their 2018 release called The Whole Thing Is Just There. So uh, strap in. Enjoy. This is I Dig Records with my man, my cuzzo, Rob, Bobby Grooves, Grantfelt. Let's do it. I just want everybody to know that I dig records. I dig records, bro. I dig records, bro. Like brief intro in, in, uh, in post to just address anything, that's any confusion about what's happening here. But we're back, baby. We're back. For some of for some of you, this is a, a return to this podcast. I think we did like three episodes five years ago. Of, uh, yeah, literally like three episodes of it. It was like five years ago for sure. Because I was still was in I was in Minnesota. It was when you were in Minnesota. It was definitely before I started the the Dan Cable Presents podcast, even for sure. So, um, what is what is this little segment called, Dan Cable? This is I dig records. I dig records. Yeah, this is I dig records. This is like yeah, it's just a you know, a a new, a new <laughs> program within the program. Two cousins hanging out talking about records. Yeah, man. This was super fun when we first started doing this. So it was, um, and now this is, a, yeah. this is a good time to do it because we have so much fucking time. Yeah, and we've been. I feel like we've been talking about bringing it back for a long time, or trying to find a way to, you know, just backlog a bunch of episodes. So yeah, there's a lot of records to talk about. There is a yeah. There's no shortage of records. It's just uh, it's just pinpointing the ones that we wanna we wanna start in with. So I'm stoked to uh. I'm stoked to be uh, jumping back into the thing for sure. Let's tell the guests about how uh, the listeners about how we choose our record. Yeah, we uh, we choose um what we like to call Madden style, like which Madden is style, like baby. Um, and you kind of proposed that for <laughs> for this time around. This isn't what we did the first no, time. This is new. The first time we kind of just both picked a record that we wanted to to dive into. Um, but this time, uh. When we're together, we like to we like to get a little competitive on the uh, on the sticks on the video games. Uh, usually, I'm pretty sure I got you both both times last time we played. But that's fine. really yeah yeah right, it was right. yeah. I mean, you're way better at Madden than I am. Right. No doubt that you're better <laughs> at, the, at the game than I am for sure. Um, but yeah, the way we pick teams is we just hit the random button three times. Yep. And that's how we get our three teams, but we let the other person pick who we're going to be, or uh, or we no. pick, we pick off of those randoms. Yes. We pick off of those randoms. Random, random, random. You can be team A, team B, or team C. Those are your three random choices. Yeah. And if you don't like any of those, then you, you can, can go, go a fourth wild card. But then you have to be you have to be that team. Which is uh, yeah, that's a gamble. Yeah, for sure. When you get Especially the like Miami in, in Dolphins. Madden. Yeah. Ooh. That's a rough pick, depending on what year. Yeah, for sure. Most years. Most years. 
<laughs> but so that's so what we're you, doing here. Is, yeah, is, you kind of proposed that yeah. we that we do it this way. Like I gave you three records, you gave me three, and then we one. uh we chose one of those records. Yeah. Um with the same you know, if we want to roll the dice and hit the random button for that fourth pick, you know, we can go that route too. But uh neither of us wanted that. Yeah, we we uh we both settled into something. I think we got two pretty different records here. We're we're diving yeah. into some some very different genres, which I'm I'm stoked. That's how we're uh, kicking the return of this thing. Yeah. Back into um. Let's talk about the record that you brought to the table to uh to kick things off. Yeah, heaven or, heaven or Las Vegas by the Cockatoo Twins is um one of my favorite records, and I think it's one of my most underappreciated records even though it still is in like if i sat down and really thought about like my top whatever records it would definitely be in there um but i still think i always forget how much i love it and then every time i listen to it i'm just like front to back every single song is just fucking amazing it's such it's a beautiful record it's got a lot of nostalgia for me, but like not nostalgia because I, I came to this record like only a few years ago, but it just feels nostalgic. Does that make sense? You got like a record that like, like the image, like when I close my eyes, I like feel like I'm like a kid and it's like some sunny day and it's like just very abstract, but I feel like very like youthfully like free, you know? And, uh, there's only so many records that really do that for me. And I think that there's something like Loveless by My Bloody Valentine did that for me. Um, and that's also a very like shoegazy record. Um, some Guided by Voices albums do that for me. Um, but yeah, the, 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 the just emotional response that I have to all of the, literally all of the songs on this record. I don't know why, but they just there's just something about about it and i didn't even know that this was their sixth sixth record yeah you know so what is like your exposure to this record i was over at a place we we were having a rehearsal and and gabia showed it to me um back in the dog mountain days we were we so, were rehearsing so this is like maybe like three four three, years ago probably three years ago yeah so we this were. is like relatively a new record to you yeah given that it's been out like this is it's 30 september, years old man yeah. september will be the um the 30 year anniversary of yeah this yeah which is fucking crazy and it's also crazy because i feel like when i was like in college and getting introduced to stuff like my bloody valentine and like sort of the like 90s shoegaze classic stuff bands like ride and a bunch of stuff this never came up and i don't know why that is but then i look at it i find it you know like and i'm doing research on it and whatever and it's like very like critically acclaimed you know what i mean but i don't know how it slid under my radar for so long and yeah gabby was just playing it one day at rehearsal she was like making pancakes before rehearsal or something and we, we would hang out early before practice and um 
the whole band was just chilling and I was like, what record is this? And Matt was like, dude, it's heaven in Las Vegas. And I was like, what? Like, you know, he, he just said <laughs> yeah. it like, it was like, yeah, dude, this is like, you know, this is like, this is, this is like some essential record daydream nation. Yeah. By yeah. Sonic youth or whatever. It's like, Oh, you duh. You know what I mean? This is fucking nevermind by Nirvana. It's like, Whoa, I've never heard of this. And then I, I, you know, it was like, next song was amazing. The next song was amazing. The next song was amazing. I was like, what the fuck? And I, it's my bad actually, because now I, I was just doing some research and I haven't looked up any of their other shit. So I need to go back and listen to more of their, their stuff. Cause I didn't realize this, this was their sixth record. I just sort of found this and I was like, I was like, this is one of my favorite records ever. And then I just yeah. didn't, didn't do any other research. I mean, this is definitely my entry yeah. to this record. I, I knew nothing about it prior. I feel like I've heard this name mm-hmm. and I'm, I mean, I'm sure I've heard a song off this record here and there, but I mean, what I kind of noticed as far as it like staying off, like not hitting your radar right. until recently, I just kind of noticed that it seems like, yeah, it had like some UK success. Cause they're Scottish. Yeah. But it never really did anything huge here. Oh really? No, cool. You know, like, um, I mean, they definitely sold some records for sure. Mm-hmm. And I think that like, like diving into this record, I see how it paves the way for so much of like the indie pop music that exists now. Totally, man. Like there's so many bands that I see that like tap into like this similar sound, especially as the, the synth pop thing yep. has like really started to rise. Yep. I hear so much in, in, uh, in some, uh, some bands that are even like local bands. There's this band called star over blue from here in Portland mm. who have been on the, the podcast and, and they're very much in this synth pop world. So I'm kind of curious now to like hit right. them up and be like, yo, you know about this, right, right. this heaven Las Vegas record, right? Like right. you have to, Right. Like it seems like a kind of a no brainer thing, but then also I feel like it, it had like a pretty heavy influence over like some of that early nineties mainstream alternative pop music, like the, like the cranberries. Yeah, like, totally. Totally. It's just like, now I'm just like, Oh, this is obviously informed by something like this had to have been an influence for the cranberries. And right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, the dream pop thing. I mean, it's just like this is like proto beach house. You know what I mean? Right. And just like the synthesizers and the drum machines and the like airy vocals, tons of reverb. Um I love how none of the songs really have more than like one or two sections. And that's where I think it gets the shoegaziness and like where I see it being similar to my bloody Valentine. Um, of just like there's a lot of repetition and just like sort of trance tranciness going on yeah dude that's why it's so cool because you can fall into it because of that you know really lose yourself in like some of those trancy moments totally and it's also one of those records that like i don't know all the song titles even though i listened to it a million times now over the last three years i don't know all the song titles because none of them really stick out but I love them all as individual songs and as a unit, but they're just, the whole thing is just such a deep dive into like, just like this aesthetic, you know what I mean? This like vibe, this trance that is just sort of 37 minutes of just like, you know, a wave, you know, 
Yeah, it creates a world. Yeah, totally. From the get-go, you know, with that first track. Yes, yes, that first track. I mean, every track, man. I'm curious to know. So another thing about this this cast is that I like that you and I sort of choose a record that one of us might be well-versed in and the other one has never heard of. You know what I mean? Yeah, maybe completely blind for one of us. Right, you know? and and so I'm I'm interested to hear what you thought, like what tunes stuck out to you. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, so this record's 1990. Yep. Um, so just to like set some scene for 1990, I thought it'd be interesting to like just like yeah. hit some things that were going on there because you're not even in existence yet. Yeah, I'm 92. You're 92, and I'm I'm five years old at this point, you're so 85. I'm pretty much not in existence. Yeah. You know, to some degree. You know, yeah. I'm obviously like not real keyed into like cool indie music right. that's being released but right uh 1990 shit that's going down nelson mandela got released after 27 years that's wild that year uh the Hubble space telescope got put into orbit yeah and then two two months later sends the first pictures from space yep just sick and yep. then uh also the u.s deployed into saudi arabia starting the operation desert shield it's lit. And then uh, weeks later, the U.N. Uh, gave the go ahead to take military action against Iraq. So there's like bang, definitely bang. some wild war shit going on. Yes. And uh, it's as, crazy as times. There always seems to be. Yes. Some some wild war stuff going on. But uh, 1990, man, 30 years ago. And you met. Yeah, they're from Scotland. Right. And they're on a British label for AD, yep. which is a killer fucking awesome label. I'm always going to be, that's one thing I'll be doing on this podcast is just like pushing label labels. diving. Yeah, yeah man. Dude. It's a fun way to find new music. Totally. Yeah. 4AD is a badass label that, that had shit like the Cockatoo Twins and the Pixies. And then yeah. in more recent years, they've got stuff from like Red House Painters, Mark, Mark Kozilek's group, um, fucking Boney Vare, um, and their current shit has Grimes and Deer Hunter and Big, yeah big thief and yeah they're they're like a really always sort of seeing ahead um record label so it, it makes sense though that like back in the i think that that label started in the 80s 1980 so it's 10 years old at that point but it's not like fucking 40 years old like it is now you know what i mean yeah. so it makes sense that this record hit a little bit harder you know in europe than it did here you know like it, right. it it says it peaked at number seven on the UK charts and number ninety nine on the US billboard. So it's like that shows you pretty pretty different. Yeah. And like some notable records being put out around that same time, that same year, like Pixies put out Bossa Nova. Mm -hmm. There's a Jesus Mary Chain record, Psycho Candy, which yeah. we might dive into Hell on this yeah. podcast at some point. I'd love uh, to do that. Sonic Youth puts out goo. Yeah. Ice Cube's America's Most Wanted. Uh, yeah. And Hammer it's Time. Hammer weird, Time dropped it, It's a weird time. It's a weird weird time in music, honestly. Well, because it's like on that cusps. Yeah. Too, it's of like a brand new decade. It's and, not the 90s it's coming, yet. Yeah. It's but really it's like coming it's, out. Yeah. It's coming yeah. out of all that synthy shit that gets discovered in the 80s. Yeah, exactly. It still feels like much more like music of the 80s. Like, you know. <laughs> that first Green Day album came out that year too. Yep, yep, yep. I'm looking at the this 1039 list here. Smooth or whatever. Yep, 
um yeah i mean it's interesting i also wonder i haven't looked up them live at all let's see but um because i mean it's just a bass player a guitarist and a singer and they use drum yeah. machines so and like the singer and the singer and the guitar player elizabeth frazier and uh this other dude, uh, Robin Guthrie, he's the guitar player and the drum machine dude. They also had a relationship within this band. That's always messy. Ha- yeah, and they had a kid a year before this record came out. No shit. So, like, a lot of this record is influenced lyrically about, like, the birth of the child and whatnot. Hmm. Um, but, yeah, I guess shit was, like, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't a great thing. And then the band broke up in, like, 97. Yeah, and I see lots of, like, drugs and stuff in the the yeah ri- lots the of writings and shit and just like psychotherapy stuff dark shit so, what um, i'm seeing in this video right now is four guitars no drummer and the singer so you got five people on stage four of them are guitars this is like a live show yeah <laughs> whoa <laughs> from 1990 so that's crazy is, and they're playing songs off of this record Man, I bet this was like kind of a rough time to figure out production for things like this if you're gonna go that route. Yeah, dude. I can't because imagine. Because to me, like these drums are bigger than a drum machine. Yeah. They're you huge. Know? Like I think there's great like great use of that. Yeah. The the drum machine. Um so here's um to kick off like diving into this record, I uh, I'm like stoked you picked this because um I don't know that I would have really listened to it otherwise. Mm. It took me a bit to really lock into it. I mean, I I dug the vibe when I first put it on, but I wasn't like crazy into it. And then after taking like two, maybe three listens in, I was like way in it. And I listened to it all day today at work, um, just kind of as background noise. Um, But it's a vibe and it's like, I really dig like the trancey elements to it that we, we already talked about. Um, there's a lot of that mm-hmm. that I like really go in on. And then also just kind of, uh, yeah, just kind of the recognition of like how this music paves the way for totally, you know, the current, the yeah, current man. pop situation. Um, and a lot of the synth driven stuff, <clears throat> but then like, as I went deeper into the listens, um, I'm sure we'll get into like some some specific songs um and I'm not sure which one it is right now but there was a jam where I realized that there's uh it's it's fru fru foxes in midsummer oh the last fires yep <laughs> yeah yeah um is that the last one um yeah so that's maybe one of my favorites on the record um and i realized in that song that it reminds me a lot of the the heavier phil collins stuff that's your shit and you yeah, know yeah, that yeah. like that's my guy um that's like we're definitely doing <laughs> yes, phil collins please. records on here like, hit, hit me to it man phil collins but, uh, never never rocked my world so, so like yeah and it, and it i mean part of it is like you have to be like willing to know that a lot of it is pretty poppy for that like the time it was made but there is like a lot of more like experimental shit that happens within those records too like especially in between 
the hits and that's like right. i mean he totally. comes from that world that genesis totally. world was like super prog and and like it reminds me of like his predecessor to genesis yes. peter gabriel yes. too like yeah, in some yeah. of this shit um but like I, I started noticing more and more of like these moments of like oh yeah Right. No shit, I like this. There's a lot of things that remind me of like Phil Collins moments um, yeah. and use of drums on on some of the records. And yeah, dude, I just I just like started to really like fall heavy in it. Like, there's a second movement that happens in yeah, uh, in Fru Fru. It sounds like bro. It, that part mark, sounds right? like um, what's that Jimmy Eat World song? It just takes some time. That that tune. Yeah, dude. It, dude, it always <laughs> reminds me of that when because the lyrics or the the cadence of the lyrics at like two two thirteen is so reminiscent. I'm listening to it right now. It's just like I just can't not hear it, and I love that song too. I think that one thing that I was thinking about when I was listening to this record is it sort of surprised me a little bit. I'm, I'm like stuff that's just like straight, straight vanilla pop. Like I sometimes have a harder time, like getting over that hump. And I was listening back to this and it's like, this is like really just like pretty in like pretty it's pop music. It's sort of like, it's not like corny. That's not the right word, but it's very much, um, it's very much just like just major you know what i mean it just it's so triumphant feeling it could it, it's and it's like if it it's such yeah. a th- it's such a fine line that music like this walks that like if you get it and you get it right it's fucking amazing and if you don't it's really cringy and they nail it you know what i mean for sure and i think i mean i think that's the big the big misconception sometimes about pop music and like that it can be done in like a really tasteful way. Absolutely. And, and Frank ocean, baby, you know? Yeah, for sure. And I mean the Beatles, bro, the Beatles are yeah. pop music for a large, a large portion pretty, of the category by then pop songs, yeah, yeah, you true, know? True. Yeah, and, and like, if you think of like the pop songs of those eras and like, and even some of the stuff that hits now, like they're, not every single song is is a com, you know complete garbage that sits in the top forty. No, dude. But it's just like um, we could do a Drake record. I, th- I would love to do a Drake record. <laughs> Absolutely. And um, I just uh, yeah, dude. When when done tastefully, you know, like some of the, I don't know when you when you like remove some of that pop stigma. Yeah, of man. It, no, then it just becomes know? like a chemical reaction, and you're like, this is for sure. This is nice. You know, it's like. This is just like, you know, it's just like a fucking strawberry banana smoothie. You know, it's just yeah, like, and that just works. Not all of it is constructed by like twelve different producers working on a song. You know, right. some some people are just capable of writing. Oh yeah, this incredibly like hooky. Yeah, man. Anthony, big big music, but yeah, man. This this uh, this record's a trip, and and I think like a big part of like what makes it pretty unique is is the vocal delivery the use of language yep. is kind of this um uh, yeah i don't even know what it is at times it's not it's ambiguous and i think that that's that's one of the reasons i gravitate towards it and another similarity between it and um my bloody valentine is just like you don't know what the fuck she's saying you know what i mean 
like that's like um for me that's like a really strong point because some so much i mean i make so much instrumental music nowadays and there's a reason that i'm doing that and i think that it's because lyrics for me are so hard to like get over man so many lyrics just get me turn me off so i yeah. i think that the amb- ambiguity of uh her lyrics in just like being able to understand them is something that just like allows me to just treat it sort of like an instrument but like with little right it's like cigar roast also you know like oh you can just sort of like make this what you want it to be it's not like so it doesn't really inform your narrative it's not putting it on you like that yeah you know what i mean yeah it's just like you know it's this whole package thing you pull whatever you want to pull out of the emotion that they're right, letting out. Right. It's just it's just aesthetic. You know what I mean? It's like not like it's not based in like poetry or narrative. It's like not it's like the opposite of Bob Dylan. You know what I mean? It's just like right. here's a vibe, here's this thing and like it can mean to you like what it means whatever it is because like it's cuz what it is quote unquote supposed to mean or what they're trying to say is like so left up to interpretation. You know what I mean? Right. And like that, that's just sort of the shit that I gravitate towards. And I think that I've never thought about it like that, but that is such a thing that I think makes this record really heavy for me is like, you know, I was just able to like put all of my own meaning into it. You know what I mean? Like so many artists get in the way of that by trying to put it on the listener. You know what I mean? And it's like, if it doesn't land, it'll just be really off putting, you know what I mean? And if it's yeah. like more ambiguous and somebody sort of fucks with it, it's like, man, they could really start fucking with it. It's like, it's the same thing with like a bunch of like beat maker music, you know, whether it's knowledge or Dilla or fucking anybody, um, you know, you're like, so it's a 48 second loop, you know what I mean? And it's like so much room for interpretation of like, this this thing means this thing to me because i'm consuming it right now in this place and i'm on this walk and it's raining or it's right it's sunny and i fucking you know i'm driving or whatever like it's so much less opinionated which gives more of the the agency i think to the listener for me you know what i mean like that's one of my catches i've realized over the years yeah i think instrumental music kind of in general has done that for me and something I've like really grown to appreciate for sure. Like I, that's why I love to listen to a jazz record or mm-hmm. something, you know, just cause they're, it's kind of take it wherever I want to take it. Right. Like allows you to do that, you know? And, and it can always yeah. like live in that space. It can change day to day. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you can hear different things in it the next day. Absolutely. Um, but I don't know. I'd argue that the same thing can happen. Uh, with some things with lyrics as well just Absolutely. like depending upon like environment environment is so much like with music there's a david you know, Byrne with the listening experience yeah there's a david Byrne book that like the the very beginning is just like this forward where he's just like okay in order to be on the same page as me if you're going to read this book you need to accept that there is no such thing as just like objective listening like there's no such thing as like I'm just going to hear this thing for what it is. Like you're going to hear this record if I tell you to listen to a record, you might love this record if you heard it under different 
situations be it somebody like you one of your musical idols tells you to listen to this record versus some fucking shithead that you work with that you hate tells you to listen to this record they tell you to listen to the same record you're probably gonna have different you know interpretations of it you you have fucking diarrhea because you ate bad food earlier that day you're probably gonna have different interpretation of the record than if you were just full off of some amazing sushi bar or something you know like there's no such thing as objective consumption of music and that's what's big so much respect to you because you're patient in a way that i am not um and not even that i'm like sort of not i'm just not and i need to work on it but like like i'm so much of like okay first listen like it has to hit me you know what i mean like maybe second listen i'll give it another shot but like for you to like have listened to this like three or four times and been like, I wasn't really into it. And now I was like, like that's why this new Alex G record, it took me like nine months because I listened to it once and I was just like, didn't hit me right there. And then, you know, somebody told me that I trusted, they were like, you should really re-listen to that album. And I was like, I have been meaning to, but I just haven't been prioritizing it. And then I did. And I was like, okay, I sort of see it. And then I listened again and I was like, okay, but it took me like, nine months you know what i mean for sure shit just falls into place for you at different times though and right i um right l- like and it was even the first couple times i listened to this record i was hearing things that i liked i was hearing some songs that i liked right. and i pitched the babies the second track on the record and i think that one was the one that just like really got me super interested mm-hmm. just because there was just this this weird thing happening but this hooky thing happening too at the same time right and uh just those things together was like really intriguing so it wasn't that like nothing was landing right. i was just like oh i wouldn't be listening to this right unless rob told me to right and now it's um yeah now i've listened to it so much today and just really like fallen into the to the record that i'm thinking that this will definitely make an appearance in my vinyl collection you that's know, what i was gonna that's what i was gonna ask you bro i was gonna say yeah, is like, this gonna make if an i appearance? see this because that's yeah. how you know that you're actually fucking with it is if you're gonna yeah, buy the record dude, for yeah, sure and i think that i would definitely buy this record and i think like a lot of the records will that we cover on here will end up Absolutely. on that list just because like i'll have this other attachment right. to them as well yeah and, man you know 100%. that's the that's like the record collection is like so much of it is this Nostalgia, sentimental value sentimental yeah absolutely yeah that's, that's and i've been trying not to get too dark with it but i kind of have like this thing that i want to have like this record will yeah in bro place. that's cool and and i want to have like it for the most part mapped out of who gets what <laughs> but some of the records yeah. i like i'm going to place some i like place some some letters inside oh bro for that person bro. You know, of like yeah like this Whew. is like why you're getting this record is like this wow but then like then there's also the committee wow the committee like the ones that are not accounted for yet yeah. on the list yeah, yeah, yeah. those are there's a committee and it goes draft style Ooh. yeah okay okay <laughs> so it's like a four or five person committee. Wow, bro. So just know like, hey, it I love you, but if anything happens, bro, you're on this list. All right, we're so you need to like you just like need to know this is your your audio right, cool. your audio consent. Like this is yo, I, I, I'm supposed I to be a part of the group. I consent. I consent. <laughs> you know? I know where some of the these same. records are supposed to go. I'll have you know? to do the same, man. Which is the bummer is that only one of us is gonna be able to receive 
each other's letters because <laughs> one of us is going to die before the other unless we die together but, hey, and then neither have, of us get whoa, it. Whoa, whoa, <laughs> heavy, heavy. Think about it, man. I feel like we have a lot of good hours, though, of like podcasts and shit oh, that yeah. we've done together, which yeah. is really cool. Nah, and you were, It'll live yeah. on, man. It'll live you on. You brought that up the other day, though, and you're talking about how it's cool that we both enjoy catching up with each other this way. It's a really like this has just been a vibe for us for a while now. You know, you've just always been super enthusiastic about being like a fucking guest on my my goofy shows. Dude, I, too love, over, I over love the years. podcasts. <laughs> I love podcasts. And I think that what's cool about it is that like what makes a good podcast is if you can sort of just like break through that that wall that is like you're like it's like stage fright or whatever that like takes you away from just like any sort of genuity. You know what I mean? Like right. you just of it being an authentic conversation that yeah. we would regularly have without it being recorded. Yeah, like I keep forgetting that people might be listening to this. You know what I mean? And that right. that's a good thing because, you know, you have to get through the vulnerability of like, you know, all of your own insecurities of like being yourself on a podcast. But once you can do that, then it actually like works in a in a handful of ways. It, it it's the only way it works. You know what I mean? And it works in multiple ways. Um should we should we hit them with a track? Should we show them a yeah, pitch the baby I mean, here? Whatever you want, dude. Like, what are what are your, some of your? I think pitch your, pitch the baby is a great one. I would love to do pitch the baby and then come back for like a quick little chat. I mean, I guess yeah. we're not really too deep in here. We're only at like thirty minutes. Um, yeah, let's do let's do pitch the baby and then play a chunk of that. Let's let's chat. Let's I'd say let's play all of pitch the baby. We've talked about this shit for enough. Let's talk. Let's let's play all the pitch the baby, and then let's come back and talk for like five or ten, and then we'll play one more tune. I want to play Wolf in the Breast. I think that might be my favorite tune. Um, I don't mean that because I love every tune, but I listened to it today and I was like, "What is this song called?" And so that's the one I was feeling today. Um, and then we'll move on to your shit. All right. So we're uh, we're gonna play pitch the pitch baby. the baby. Pitch it.
this thing that's going on right now. Very cool. Oh, the fuck, yeah. Do, 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 that, like, guitar. I assume it's a guitar. I don't know. The bass is super... The groove on this song, particularly, is great, man. Yeah. There's a lot of, like, really great bass playing on this that I, like, really dig. Like, it just creates, like, a really fucking fat pocket. Absolutely. I, okay. I was telling you, though, that, like, there's one of the songs that... When it leads in, it feels like it's going to be float on from Modest Mouse. Yeah. And it's that next track. Oh, it's really? Ice Blink. Yeah. On Ice Blink Luck. Let's cut like into that ju- for like 12 seconds like- here. Ah, oh, this tune is awesome. <laughs> it's just so, that little snare hit, dude. Yeah, man. And this tune. <laughs> like. Oh, man. That's another candidate for like my favorite song on this record. Um, that song, I think really captures that like childlike bliss that I'm trying to express that I feel when I listen to this record, like that record, it's like almost like naive, ignorant of the world, just like pure, unadulterated, just like, just like positivity. You know what I mean? And it's not cheap. It sounds like every every song that's on Dawson's Creek, dude. Just <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Um, and it's not it's not cheap. You know what I mean? It's like it's like meaningful. It's like it just feels like it, it has a sense of wonder. Like that's sort of the word I think that I that like I, coming of age shit. Yeah, that I would really associate with like this record is just like wonder. And um, in the most like freeing and like you know positive like reassuring way, this record feels rea- really reassuring to me. You know, it's like comforting, um, but it's not comforting in like a I'm gonna like coddle you way. But it's comforting in like that sort of like oh, there's like wonder in the world. You know what I mean? Um, I'm like, that's some real shit. Like, I don't, like I'm saying, like, I don't feel like that from a lot of records. That's why I was like, you know, the other records that we were talking about doing was the Meek Mill knowledge shit that we're going to get to next time, which is an amazing record. And I love it. And it is, means a bunch to me in a whole different way. And then that Isotope 217, just like under the radar, like yeah, uh, jazz shit from the nineties, like sort of really hard to put into a box. Um, when you chose this one, I was like, oh, this is the one that I have the most emotional just like response to, you know what I mean? Very like, cool. And, um, yeah, it's like, it's so, it's funny, man. It's just like, it's the shit, like you hear these songs and it almost sounds like you, it like if you've never heard the song, you might hear it and think that you've heard it before. You know what I mean? And that is a really unique quality you know what i mean of a song and i think it's a really um quite often that's a really positive thing um if it's not a negative thing <laughs> you know what i mean though if, yeah, well said. if you know what i mean then you know what i mean <laughs> and that's all i'm worried i'm only speaking to the people that know what i mean you know what if I mean? you know you know yeah exactly so um what are other like some of your other favorite tracks on here like things that stand out um yeah ice blink luck is crazy um let's see also can we just talk real quick about 
the artwork and how this record is called heaven or las vegas like that's also that's also like really really like that's that's amazing you know what i mean like that's like true that's fucking that that shit blows my mind that's that's inspiring shit for me i'm just like what what and like this the album cover is is not necessarily the most inspiring thing but i do think it's iconic and i think it's a really like iconic thing especially given the the fact that it's 1990 and i think in yeah. in that context this is an inspiring album cover but don't get it twisted and think that because i said this is an inspiring album cover when i ask somebody that's listening to make an album cover for one of my projects that they make something that looks like this and i'll say no <laughs> this is not what i wanted you know what i mean it's all contextual right but um yeah i just like the whole thing down to the like you wouldn't expect a record like heaven or las vegas in and of itself like creates a lot of like curiosity in my mind of like what what like you know um the the title track heaven or las vegas amazing song yeah just like one of my favorites for sure the tones on the song yeah man just i hope right right now you're cutting it in we're hearing it the first like 20 seconds and you just after this podcast go listen to the whole tune go listen to the whole record both of these records but um yeah that tune is is great um the guitar tones are just monster on there dude yeah no truly i mean that's like the song that like when i every time i hear it i feel like some movie montage should be taking place of like a bunch of moments where two people are vibing super heavy doing all these new things together and shit from from some sort of 80s or early 90s movie you know that's how iconic the shit is you know what i mean is like that's that's just speaking to how iconic just the feeling is that you see when you when you listen to this you know um and then i i guess that yeah they have a couple so like road river and rail as well as i wear your ring whoa i appreciate both of those tunes because they're 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 like sort of um minor moments you know what i mean they they get really curious (laughs) and they get sort of haunting yeah buddy and then and then rail dude that's road river rail that's one of my favorites on the on the record and when it gets to the chorus because yeah oh yeah it's like so it's curious right now i'm at like one one ten there's just you that know, darkness to that yeah, track. Yeah, it's dark right now. It reminds and then me boom, of... Yeah. It's about it to change up. to that major shit in the chorus. And it's like, again, that's exactly what I'm talking about where it's like... That soulful release. Yeah, it could be corny though, but it's not. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I'm talking about. Is like, I don't know what makes it work. And it's, it's definitely like, I think it's more than just music theory that makes that work. It's, it's like, just figuring out when to make those moves you know what i mean yeah man like that's that's really that tune is heavy and then but wolf in the breast i think the slow jam you look at this and you see a lot of you definitely see beach house you see bands like title fight i think in this love title um, fight dude which i see title fight in your record that you put on Ooh, yeah absolutely um and yeah, just that chorused out guitar, you know. Um, yeah, I, I would love to let the listeners ride out to Wolf in the Breast before we switch over to uh, yeah, absolutely to your I, joint. Um, just to uh, 
go a little deeper on Road River and Rail, please. There's a there's this Beth Orton record called Sugaring Season that we will uh, we will get into on this podcast. You have mentioned that for sure, and it's it's one of my favorite records. It was one of the first uh, first vinyls in my in my uh, my library and uh, in the collection. It's on anti, and, and it's dude. It has to. I don't know. I feel like she must have heard this song before it just like gave me so many cool vibes of that record yeah, yeah um, it made me want to listen to that and then uh yeah man i th- i just think that track kind of shows on a like a different dynamic that doesn't mm-hmm. exist in any of the other songs just the way that it, like moves and drives but um, it's 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 so delicate you know the way yeah. in which it just like is ooh but I think yeah, and then I, it goes back to that classic when it goes back to this minor feel like just just this like at 150 like after the chorus um it's the most 90s sounding thing ever <laughs> you know what I mean yeah, dude and There's I mean just it's like a good some really way. cool yeah playing it's just like around like the 220 mark like the bass just driving everything yeah um, yeah dude but yeah I I uh I think wolf in in the breast Wolf in the Breast, dude. Yes, yes. That, let's, that's let's, like a let's, great song to let's uh, play it out, baby. To to let ride out before we get into the the next record. Yeah, um, just it's this is a crazy record. We could talk yeah. about it for hours. For sure, dude. But I'm so stoked that we, that we did this one. Me too. This is seriously going to end up in my my collection, and uh, that's just, my goal for every single one of these. I want it to end up in your collection. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, yeah, this, uh, this is uh, Wolf in the Breast.
and we're back. So now we're gonna we're gonna jump in to something completely different. But before um, we do, but before we do, I want everybody to know that because of quarantine, we've been going to the grocery store none, and there's no alcohol left in this house. So I'm drinking a mango white claw. <laughs> go ahead and get it, buddy. You go I, ahead and get it. I am bummed. This, but this might be. I don't. I honestly don't know. I've had the other one. Uh, truly, I've mm-hmm. had a truly at Drew's house before. I don't know if I've ever had a white claw. Okay. This I've, like blew up the world, right? This yeah. is the thing. I've had. I've had both of them. They're. Um. They're still too sweet for me like i can't i don't like really? it yeah it's right. not my, it's not my jam here's the first sip but um it smells I, like, like people love it it I, sort I, of smells like a peach ring i mean eh, yeah i mean i get it Ugh. whatever I'll anyway you're anyway. crushing a white claw we're doing this in quarantine you're in <laughs> seattle right. washington you're in Portland, Oregon. I'm on Portland. a porch. You're in a house. Apartment. I'm in the house, you know, doing my thing. Apartment. Um, yeah. In Clackamas. The apartment. <laughs> I guess. It's all right. <laughs> I'm in Fremont. Yeah. On a okay. porch. All right. On a balcony. <laughs> I'm on a balcony. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just doing it outside. I'm on a balcony drinking a White Claw in Fremont. You're in an apartment in Clackamas. <laughs> yep. Doing the thing. Shots fired. Um, I don't even I, understand. Not the even shots, shots fired. fired. <laughs> I know, but but you do, but you do feel that they've been fired. You know what I mean? <laughs> For um, no reason. <laughs> um, oh, there's a reason. Uh, young Jesus, <laughs> man. Young Jesus. Young Jesus, dude. All right. So I think like there's going to be a lot of bands that I introduced into this podcast that are the results of me uh, going to the Pickathon Music Festival the last few years. This was from up, Pickathon. Up here in Clackamas, Oregon, <laughs> where the Pickathon goes on. Happy Does Valley. it? Does it? Yeah, Does it, really? it goes on in Happy oh, Valley, man. 10 minutes up the street. That's awesome. And uh, incredible music festival. Incredible music festival. I don't know, man. It just depends on when, when all this shit gets set free. I don't know what the, the fate of happening. the world is. Don't say it. Just it could happen. I just want to believe. It could it, happen in October. But that's I just want to believe. I just want to believe that it's going to happen in yeah, August as bummer, it is man. planned. But who really knows? Either way, this festival has introduced me to some of my favorite bands over the last few years. Just really dope and uh, very, very spread out. And one of those bands this year, this past year, the 2019 one, um, yeah. I saw Young Jesus, dude, and uh, they, uh, they, they're on this Saddle Creek label currently is uh, where a big one, big label record. yeah was, there's some was, big bands dude big thief hop along yeah. sam uh, evion cursive bright eyes is on that label uh so many good bands are on that I, label dude i feel like i'd heard of that label and then i looked it up today when i was in the bath and uh saddle creek but dude and i was like there's like six or seven people i know this uh this band just like floored me at Pickathon with their performance. It was uh, really Belt amazing. Eagle Scout is on this too, and super just just super emotional, dude. Just heavy, yeah. 
just a heavy performance and uh just i don't know this this band hits a lot of different um vibes for me kind of nails a lot of genres that i really dig like the post-rock stuff yeah tell me tell me more tell me more um the post-rock stuff for sure but also i feel like there's like these very jazzy improv improvised moments that happen as well like where tracks almost like completely fall apart right and then find themselves again like those moments that i really like in jazz where something goes completely out and yeah and and someone you know digs their way out of it and and finds it again right um right it's just the way just the way some of the tracks like intertwine like the first track on the record mm -hmm. um that riff is teased later in the in the record on the on mm -hmm. the last track and um just i love a good old three over four guitar dude that was like cool yep in it you know yeah um i listened to this record in the bath today that's my favorite place the bath and the airplane are my two favorite places to listen to records really yes and i listened to it in the bath as i will listen to all of the records unless i'm on an airplane <laughs> which i won't be um it, all these records that you give me for this podcast i'm gonna listen to in the bath and um i was listening to this in the bath today and i heard so much i heard a lot of different shit i really did uh, um i heard Weatherbox. yeah dude that was the first thing i heard was Weatherbox, like for sure uh, and I, I love Weatherbox. Um, fucking, I heard Touche Amore. Yep. I heard Title Fight. For sure. Um, I heard, uh, I heard a, a, an interesting mixture of like post-hardcore and post-rock and like and like weather box math you know what i mean yeah dude there's some really mathy moments like that, like on this record Chon, it's not fast like chon and it's not like you know uh ttng and shit like it's not fast like all of that stuff but it's like yeah. but it's like there was one part where like the bass player was playing something in five and the guitarist was playing in three and the drummer was playing in four and i was like this is just feels like you know like well, that's, that's a thing that's intentional yeah. you know um i think there's there's even like some mars volta feels mm. to it sometimes and there's just a lot of like prog like prog feels to the thing and then there's all the like the post rock and the post like totally. hardcore shit and some very like punk rock shit definitely in, in some moments and definitely has that attitude but yeah just a big fan of how they just m make a lot of noise sometimes like i think this record just yeah. kind of like offers a lot of different emotions and uh i mean i definitely have the connection to it from getting to see like some of these songs played live that's right. like no no doubt about it and like right. getting to see like how some of it was performed but also just like i don't know the space that's created with all the instrumental parts to right. me just like really emphasize the parts where there are some lyrics right 
and there's like not can, a whole lot of lyrics but like you can when, tell that this dude takes those moments for their weight you know what i mean like he's yeah, trying dude. to say some shit and um he's uh he's not yeah i, I um what we were talking about earlier with the cockatoo twins as being very ambiguous and leaving it up to uh the listener to just put whatever they want on it this is the far far (laughs) opposite of the spectrum which i admit for me at first was it was like a little hard to like i was like okay all right here we go you know what i mean um you know what i mean i'm like this dude is like you know he's he's really this shit is going he's 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 making it he's trying he's trying to make it heavy you know what i mean he's trying to make it meaningful um and you know i think that the first two songs are really the most of that the most of that sort of touche amore spoken word type shit like over the top of like you know like oh man who's that other band fuck um I don't know. There's like a lot of brand new vibes in this. To brand like, new. Yeah, I heard all. I heard a lot of Wes in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I heard. I heard some new lungs in it. You know what yeah. I mean? I was like, bro, I hear this. Like, I hear this. That's a band um, that Rob used to play in. Yeah, man. Kind of the beginnings of music for you. As yeah, as man. Somebody in a band. In I mean, a band I was, that I was like, yeah, I was. That like, was the first tour we ever went on and shit. When we like, I was in 17 when we started that band. You know. Um. um yeah, I definitely. Yeah. I I hear what you're saying in that. Um, but I, yeah. I, I I wound up being like, songs three and four were the ones that really like I was like cool, and I did really fuck with songs one and two, especially from an instrumental perspective. I loved, like you said, my favorite thing about this record is the amount of disrespect these people have for song structures. <laughs> Right, I love dude. it. I love it. No, it's good. It's good. And it comes out. It comes out heavy with like even yes. you know those first couple songs that maybe you're, you're not as attached to, um, like the territory. That that song comes out like heavy with the guitars, and I think it like lets you know that a storm. It was fat. It, hey, I liked storm it. Storm is a coming. Yeah, I liked it. I liked and, it. And even you know like you were saying, you know, it, it is the complete opposite of what you were saying with the Cockatoo Twins. You know, like. Some of those opening lyrics are if right. fire if fire taught a lesson to the gods, if pain approaches empathy, right. if if saints are given a voice to teach of burns, right. we're led to to blood periphery. So yeah, it's like it's very I opened heavy, my like, third eye. Yeah, very hev- yeah. heavy imagery stuff, which I right. really appreciate. I also really dig um, the there's there's a lot of references I feel like to theology um within some yeah, of the lyrics no doubt. you know and obviously you know i'm into that shit you you were just you're on the most right. recent episode of bible buds shout out by the buds. other podcast i do with andrew so like it's a great d- podcast I dig, all, I dig all those nods but i just like right. love where this shit gets like yeah two minutes into this song though after the heaviness we're into some mathy stuff right and then just like right. some very fun yells and gang vocal kind of feels right like this dude's not an amazing singer by any means but his emotion i think is everything like the energy dude is and i was reading i was reading about it good dude yeah bro 100 percent. 
I was reading about the shit, and I was reading that this dude, the singer and the guitar player, is from Chicago, and yeah. came up in the sort of like Midwest emo scene and the post-hardcore yeah. shit, and that totally and that makes sense. All there. Yeah, you can hear Captain Jazz in this. You know, you can hear American football in this. You can yeah. hear um, all of that in this. And then he came out to LA and met some experimental musicians and some people that were more influenced by jazz. And what you have is a six song album that is what fucking 50 13, minutes. like 50 minutes. Yeah, dude, 50 minutes. <laughs> because and, of one um, song, though. Yeah, because of one fucking song. I got to the end of this shit and I was like, okay, I'm ready for like, I'm still in my bath. You know what I mean? And I'm like, okay, another five minute song. Cause I didn't, I just hit play. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, it's a 20 minute song. Fuck. <laughs> you know? Um, but. I I do really appreciate how this shit winds and weaves and it is really cinematic in that way in the fact that it's always sort of moving forward as opposed to like you know recycling you know verse chorus verse chorus you know yeah um, and and that's really cool because what it makes this record feel like is uh, just a left to right movement. You know what I mean? Song one through song six is just like, these are movements. You know what I mean? For sure, dude. And they're meant to be like listened to as an album. Mm-hmm. I think like that's kind of, I think it's cool that we have records this week that are like very different from each other in that way. Is that like, Infinitely, I mean, you yeah. can definitely like listen to uh, Heaven or Las Vegas front to back and get like the the full experience but also you can listen to a lot of those songs just on a playlist as like singles right where like this record is meant to listen to front to back and and not all of it will make sense without otherwise each part you know and so i mean i love that about this record so much that it's like this full experience like that and uh yeah, there's just so many unexpected turns. Yeah. In 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 the record, you know, and you never really get settled into one place. And I like even really dig that some of the melodies I get really into when he's singing that I that I could like even take a little bit more of. He doesn't they don't really they don't live give there. it to you. No, Which they is don't. Nice. They don't live there. And it, and I think it makes those moments even more important and i look forward to them even more because i know that they're not going to hang there very long right and then it goes back i mean one thing that this is similar about the other record is that there is sort of like a a meditativeness to both of them in the fact that like he's giving you a little nugget to think about and then he's leaving you know what i mean and they're just giving you an instrumental track to then like ruminate on that over you know And in the same way that heaven or Las Vegas, like accomplishes the same thing through a completely different way is, you know, um, the trance like repetition, you know what I mean? Um, and one thing that was really interesting to me is that like, if this record, you could make this record like 22 songs and like just if you broke up the songs differently you oh know what yeah I mean? absolutely like you it could, could still be different f- movements different yes. songs 
You could have it be 49 minutes and it'd be 22 songs, or you can have it be six songs, 49 minutes. And I think that the fact that they made it six songs is really smart and like more than smart. I don't think that's how they were thinking about it. I think that it makes sense. Like this is the, this is the spirit of each song. You know what I mean? Like to break them up would be a, a, a different thing to do. And that would be maybe a more like post hardcore thing to do or a more like fucking like old school punk thing to do. But like, for them to like make these be like seven minute songs, five minutes, six minute, 20 fucking minutes, uh, (laughs) songs like is a little bit more of a bold push and also like ties into in a, in a very abstract way, maybe a reaching way, um, like a sort of jazz element of it where, you know, the songs can take these twists and turns, simultaneously a prog element to it you know yeah um where it's like you're just on a roller coaster yeah and sometimes they return yeah but a lot of times they don't yep they kind of like you were saying they're they're kind of a forward movement a lot of the time yeah no doubt um it's funny yeah because even thinking about this record i was trying to think of like oh what are my favorite songs on this record and i think this this record's more what are my favorite parts? Moments, yeah. Yeah, what are my favorite parts or what are my favorite moments? And uh, So what are they? Um, like on Saganism versus Buddhism, mm-hmm. I'm just like really into when the springs get really bendy around the 340 mark. Everything starts like yes. really fucking yes. losing it and building yep. up. And then, yep. and then it revs down. Yep. And it, it gets into that part where he's just doing the... Uh, 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 totally. Like doing that, like very softly, and it, like that whole rise and and explosion is is pretty fucking great. But I would say that Saganism versus Buddhism is is definitely like up there for a track for me. But um, I was also getting like, did you ever listen to Death and the Maiden? Uh, no. I, okay. I'm not sure that I did. Getting Death and the Maiden vibes in this too, and that was my my buddy Ross's project mostly. He was like the one writing the tunes, and I know he was a big Touche fan, which is where I got my connection to Touche for this with. But yeah, it's also just like tons of moments where I'm just like, this sounds this reminds me of Death and the Maiden, like just like like I don't know the music theory, but it's like definite crunch. You know what I mean? Like they're leaning into the crunch, the dissonance of the shit, and then it's it's the tension and release. You know what I mean? Um, Dude, they do that so great on this record. The tension and release thing is what it's about. Yes. The gives and the breaks. Exactly, bro. Exactly. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, and that's what keeps it fresh and interesting. And it just sort of feels like waves crashing. You know what I mean? Like the whole time, it's just like. Calm and storm, calm and storm, calm and storm. You know what I mean? Like just yeah, and sabotaging moments sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know? Absolutely, like just these like beautiful moments that happen. Yeah, um, just throwing, just 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 desecrating them, just lighting yeah. them on fire. And that's a cool thing. That's that's a great thing to do. Like on fourth zone of gates, um, around the two forty-five mark, there's uh like this, the guitars just start getting wild. And and it just kind of crushes this beautiful melody that was like that's, set before it. And this that's track my favorite just, tune. Yeah, dude. Fourth, what time, fourth zone of bass is up there for me. Do you have a timestamp um, for that? 
Listen, maybe that just if you send it to the 245 mark, I feel like. Yeah. Um, this is the one that like just immediately just I was like, title fight. For sure. But yeah, the 245 mark is just kind of the start of like right after he's, he's laid down some of that like really yep. nice melody. And then this gets hard, just starts flipping out. And uh, yeah, it just gets really messy. And just these these moments are really fucking cool. settles you know what i mean like yeah. that's that's the nice thing too for the next song and that really that moment really feels like american football to me you know what yeah, i mean definitely has those vibes not necessarily in the way that it's loud and big but in the feeling you get when it returns to this sort of more like centered uh just like trancey um loop like that you hear that midwestern shoegaze and midwestern emo i yeah man i don't know and just i don't know i like i said earlier i just really love the uh these moments that like when they settle down and any and they do have these vocals that come in i feel like they're uh they're really informed by the music like the journey the music has taken right them right. on you know to right. to inform what that vocal is going to be the question is who who is the leader you know what i mean and if these if, if this band is letting letting the music be the leader then that's something i can get down with you know what i mean like they're not necessarily putting this shit on the song forcing it into the music they're more reacting to the ebbs and the flows and the open moments where that's welcomed by the music. You know what I mean? Like creating the music as uh, a living thing. You know what I mean? Like yeah. not prescribing it onto it, but like waiting for it to allow you that moment. And like that exists. You know what I mean? Like any any jazz musician you, you talk to or listen or read or any anybody that's really based in improvisation will always talk about that. You know what I mean? Like the music is this living, breathing thing. And you know, the amount of ego death that is like necessary to serve the song is like infinite. You know what I mean? And I feel that too. And I think that that speaks to the fact that like you were saying before that they're not forcing lyrics in there. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like here's it's just statement pieces you know what i mean yeah. and like there's no difference there's no like privileging of like lyrics as being as more essential than the instrumental parts you know yeah. and i think that that i hadn't thought about it until right now with regards to this record but i do think that that's a really strong suit of this record is that like they're not like forcing shit you know what i mean 
Like they're just like, it's just all statements. It's all energy and, you know, just like, it's just like you can, you can like feel the sweat dripping from them. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's how it feels. Dude, on Bell, like Bell gets so heavy. That's what I'm listening to right Around now. Around like the 245 mark. Yeah, man. I mean, I'm at, I'm at crunchy, four. dude. I'm at four minutes, man, and like, that's one of my favorite songs for sure on there, dude. Especially like from that two minute mark on when the the palm muting kicks in. Right. It right just now, really like drives. You got to cut to the 420 moment. Shout out 420. Um and let let this run out underneath us right now when we're editing this shit because this is this is what i'm saying we're like you can hear the drummer sweating yeah you know you can hear you can hear it all you know like and that is that is pure aesthetic also in a similar way to the cockatoo twins you know what i mean it's like it's this undeniable thing that is like much 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 deeper than just like what notes are being played but like how they're being played and how they're being presented and you know like this thing that goes beyond like if i was to play this or you were to play this you know what i mean like and that's really like the the crowning achievement of like that that's the part of 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 music i think that of anything that is really actually going to cut through you know what i mean um and I do think that this record has moments of that sort of undeniability. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, I love this band a lot. And uh, I'd be interested to hear. I mean, I will probably propose that we do another Young Jesus record in the future. I mean, the record before this, ST, um, shows, shows a little bit of these elements but not as hard mm-hmm. and the one before grow grow and decompose that's a little more straight ahead with the the you know the songwriting so but i love those records quite a bit too so so a uh, wild thing about young jesus yeah dude we got to talk about <laughs> this connection that you have to this band because it's, yeah. it's crazy that i proposed that this band be on 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 the podcast yeah because i was like wait young jesus i was like is that that band from la because i used to run a diy warehouse space in the industrial district in seattle called the moon with my friends ben and pete and we had shows anywhere from one to fucking three or four a week and we had bands from all over the country um, and obviously tons of Seattle bands. And one of the bands that played was Young Jesus. And I'm listening to Grow and De- Decompose right now. Yeah, I like. I love that record, dude. I, I'm so into like, it all. I, I'm, just, I'm just all in on Young Jesus. I like remember like what what they like looked like and shit you know what i mean like i remember like and i mean it was vague because we had shows all the time you know what i mean we had touring bands all the time and you know we probably weren't sober you know what i mean but like i remember young jesus coming and playing and i remember being like these guys have a a like a tight 
like these guys are tight you know what i mean like they have a convincing like the conviction of the live performance and the energy put out yeah. the pickathon set that mm-hmm. i saw blew my mind dude well was, i can only imagine like midnight and i'm right. outside in that environment the pickathon environment is this pretty mystical situation right. so that alone and then to just see this band for the first time who i had n- just i had no understanding what was going to happen on stage right to see see it kind of build into well, these you, things when you look at how different grow and decompose is from the whole thing is just there you start to see how like how much they've changed you know what i mean right. and like when they played at the moon like I don't know. There were probably like 50 or 60 people there. And like, you know, like it's just a warehouse. Like they were just playing at a warehouse that like I took cash. You know what I mean? At at the fucking door. If somebody wanted to pay. Yeah. Not a proper venue. I just fucking, I just would give the band's cash at the, like, you know, it was just like straight under the table, like DIY, like no infrastructure type shit. And now like, fucking i guess five years later four years later you're like let's do this record from this band young jesus that i saw and i'm like wait they're on this record label this i was like what the fuck you know because i remember even telling you about them at pickathon right and and you were saying oh i booked them at the moon or whatever they played the moon and i didn't i i completely had forgotten about that until i brought this record up again because you me too mention of it again which is cool and it's like to whoever is out there that's a that's a DIY musician like let that be a positive like sense of hope you know what i mean because like you just got to keep grinding and you can turn like DIY touring is a legitimate way of touring you know what i mean like doing that shit yourself and playing in houses and warehouses and maybe venues or bars whatever like you can build like you can absolutely build a movement and then labels and whatnot will start to take note and then you'll be getting talked about on our fucking hugely famous podcast (laughs) think about it you know what i mean like so you know but but actually like it's cool it's cool to see that they're taking steps in, in like these more out directions. Um, and that like, like, I just, I love that. Like, I think that, and I'm selfishly loving that because that's sort of the music that I'm participating in. And so like when, when I see things, although this might be really disparate from like some of the music that I'm making, I, I sort of see it as like, in or out in the box or out of the box and like this is out of the box you know what i mean i think that that's where that crossover lies you know right like yeah they're not a jazz band but or you know but i think that it's one of those bands and you're obviously like catching it just through live recordings but when you see this band perform i think it's undeniable to everybody that they're really good musicians and like they're, these compositions are are pretty wild and and they are out there and you know right and there has been like an evolution to it and i think that the the cool thing to me is when i do go back to the other records is there is th- there's there's notions of this throughout it this right. is just this is just the biggest leap towards yeah you got the butterfly out of the cocoon yeah. now 
you know? Yeah, and they're just really starting to explore it, and it's 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 fucking rad, man. I'm I'm way into it. I love this band, so I'm stoked that I'm stoked that you uh, dug some elements of it. I mean, it w- yeah. I, I just always I will always appreciate somebody that is like a band that is just pushing pushing you know what i mean and i do feel like they're pushing and yeah you know i think that i like like when they do put out their next release 2020 2021 whatever it is like i'll check it out you know and especially because like a lot of this post-hardcore you know midwest emo like all that stuff is like that's like stuff that had a profound influence on me in a lot of my formative years. You know what I mean? And a like, lot of shit that I'm going to make you listen to because of this podcast of <laughs> that you're going to make me listen to, man. <laughs> I know, man. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I was, I was, uh, I, I actually really didn't know what to expect because I didn't, Cause what I remember from them was like keyboards, you know what I mean? Like, I don't remember them like it's just doing this four like piece, man, this post hardcore shit. And like, I, uh, I wasn't expecting this. And then I heard it and I was like, weather box. Like I said, man, I was just like weather box. And, yeah. uh, you know, I was, uh, I was taken aback in a good way and I, I sort of had all my preconceived notions shattered and then I was able to just listen, you know, and, and some of the moments were, were really heavy. I really like when they allow themselves to improvise, like, yeah. you know, when they leave time and they leave the key and they just break all the rules and they just, uh, just like that in and of itself, not in and of itself, but in the way that they're doing it, because you can do it in a way that doesn't work, but the way that they're doing it is meaningful. And it's especially meaningful. I think as it taking elements of like free jazz and improvisation over into like the, like fucking rock world, you know what I mean? Into like distorted guitar world, you know what I mean? And like not hearing people that you're like, oh, you fucking went to like this crazy music school and you transposed all the Charlie Parker tunes for your fucking instrument and transcribed them all and done all this. Like, no, like, like this is connecting with a certain element of the like emotional and uh, aesthetic and like, 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 like philosophical like place that like a lot of this shit's coming from. And that's why it's inherently different. And that's also why it is valuable because it's also like inherently similar in other ways. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. It's a, it's a trip. This record is definitely a journey. And especially that last song, that last song golf, that's the 21 minute banger. It's that's a bananas. That's a bananas song. Yeah, man, it, it's um, that's the song that I mentioned kind of has like it has nods to that uh, that opening riff. Right. 
into territory and uh and then it happens again later like 16 minutes in it breaks back into that and this is like kind of one of those songs where it allows itself to really like fall apart to where it's like just barely hanging on at times but still like it sounds like the end of a, a rehearsal at times yeah like, totally <laughs> you know and, and that's but it just and that- keeps hanging on and then it finds its legs again and, at like and the 16 and- minute mark and the thing is, is that if you listen to Ornette Coleman or like certain Pharaoh Sanders or some Sun Ra shit, like you'll hear that similar moment where you're like, this feels like the end of a rehearsal where nobody's listening and these people are going for it. Yeah, dude. You know what I mean? And that does not mean that this is jazz and that does not mean that jazz, like fucking whatever. You know what I mean? Right. It doesn't matter. All that it means is that there's they're just like thing. letting these moments live. Yeah, there's a thing about like going for it and there's a lot like punk rock has always been about going for it. And and everything has always been about going for it that's worth worth anything. But fucking going for it in the way that punk rock or rock and roll or post rock or hardcore or anything has historically gone for it has been a little bit more measured in the sense that it's not improvised. You know what I mean? It's not like, let's go make this shit up. And like, if it works, it works. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. But like, we're going to have to reconsider how we even define something, quote unquote, working and not working before we even approach this. You know what I mean? And that that in and of itself is such a valuable um, like uh, like offering to like to this genre and this scene in this world that like i'm so excited to see and that i have a lot of like respect for that band solely because of that like i love that and then i have a lot of respect on top of that for the thing that they're doing in five four and three like weather box you know what i mean um so yeah i mean i would i would love to like this band is now on my my radar of like hey if they come through town i might I might try to check them out because, you know, or when they release a record, I'll check it out because I I think that especially through talking with you about it, I understand the avenues through which I can really appreciate the ways in which they're pushing things. And that'll also allow me to see through the things that I might be a little like more on the fence about, you know what yeah. I mean? And that's just personal sh- taste, you know what I mean? So, well, uh, I would encourage you and anybody that's listening, when 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 things get back in action, this is a band when they come to your city, you go see this show. It will blow your mind. It's uh, it's it's no very doubt. it's a very undeniable thing. So I hope I hope that all shakes out soon that we can start seeing live music again. And uh, this is also I the kind of band that I trust that they would bring a killer opener with them on tour. Yeah. Um. I think that I think that I w- we will play the episode out with a part of golf. Okay. To tease it. <laughs> you know, we'll tease yeah. it a all bit. Right. Um okay. I'll put all the links in the episode notes so people can follow along with these bands. Uh I know that Cockatoo Twins don't exist anymore, but uh definitely check out their other records. Golf uh, is the 20 minute song by the way. Golf is the 20 minute song and we're not going to play it all by any means. But uh, Young Jesus, they do exist, so I'll put their Instagram handle up, and uh, also check out 
my man, my my co-host here, Bobby hey. Groves. Check out the High Pole Music. Check out Sun King. Check out you know everything Bobby Groves. Put all those links up there. Inside and shit Voices, too. baby. Inside Voices record. Um, I'm really stoked that we're you know trying to attack this thing again. This was super fun, dude. Well, the next episode is going to be Meek, Meek Mill. Yeah. Uh, knowledge, the wonderful, the true Don, the true goat, the true like fucking unprecedented. You can't compare him to anybody else because he's the only one of himself. Beat maker <laughs> of our time uh, doing flips of Meek Mill songs, which will just blow your mind and just show Meek Mill and his lyricism in an entirely new and uh elevated not even elevated because his 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 regular shit is amazing too but just like it's just a whole nother like angle you know what i mean it's like it's like how you can like see something and then you see it on psychedelics and it's like the same thing you're looking at but it feels different that's sort of how what knowledge does to meek mill um, <laughs> well, you're gonna save all this shit for the next episode, and then we're also um, gonna go in on the uh, yeah, we're gonna do that Raylan Baxter, Raylan Baxter's yeah. uh, Good Morning, which is his uh, collection of uh, Mac Miller songs that he did with uh, like a live band interpretation, and uh, just something that I did quite a bit. So I'm stoked to just like get into some like more hip hop R and B next week. Yes. Um, that's going to be cool. We're going to cover it all. Um, I would love to tap into some, some, just some Mac stuff as well. Like not as like a whole episode, but in, in the episode that you're like doing this Mac tribute album. Yeah. We can reference. I would love to like dip into some Mac stuff. Just, just, you know, this is a fun way for me to process my musical like tastes and experiences and shit too. And I love, I, Mac is such an interesting, such an interesting and unfortunately tragic figure that uh i would love to talk about and i don't know your relationship with him at all so yeah i'm uh you know i i really dug his tunes prior to him passing and i've dug deeper since he's passed so it's uh definitely gained some more attachment to it that way um uh i'm i'm also realizing at this moment that there's a possibility that diving into this young jesus album i was so excited about it i don't know if i actually ever mentioned the title but it's called the whole thing is just there and the whole uh, thing is just there the whole thing is just there and they've got a bunch of other records to check out and i'm gonna put the the links in the episode notes gonna play it out with part of gulf the last song on that uh that whole whole thing is just their record. There's also like some Pickathon live performances and some other live performances they have. So I would encourage people to check out the videos of those. And uh, I got one thing, one thing, last thing is yeah. that um, I got one thing to say and I have a question to ask you. Yes. I just want everybody to know that I dig records, and I I want I want I want to ask you, Dan Cable. Do you dig records? I dig records. I dig records, man. Hell yeah. Let's <laughs> go. Let's go. We'll get See at y'all. you later. See y'all next time. Good shit, man. That was a blast.
thinking I was thinking I'd like to hear a deep pulse I would like to hear a deep pulse I was thinking I like to hear a deep Dusty 